and welcome to Reflector Life, the podcast. I'm here to share stories, answer frequently asked questions about being a reflector in the human design system and about human design in general, as well as to talk about what's going on right now. And occasionally, we'll have a guest on to share as well. Thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Amanda Prichelle, and this is a sliver of the experience of being human. Amplified. Hey everyone, and welcome back. I missed you last week, even though it was nice to take a break and yeah, to just have some time to recover from the gate of shock, gate 51, transiting in the sun. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it was a pretty intense time for me um, physically and emotionally and all the things it was just a lot of things happening a lot of shocking things um and yeah I won't go too much into that just because it's not even anything worth sharing I feel but I hope you're all okay after that uh we're now in gate 42 um and so you may be feeling that a lot of things are getting finished up are in the process of completion um, or are ending whether you wanted them to or not so a little bit about what's going on now you might notice that my sound is a little bit less uh, quality today and that is because I am back in my childhood home well one of my childhood homes um visiting family and I forgot to pack my microphone but I'm gonna record anyway and we're gonna just go with it because it doesn't need to be perfect right so hopefully hopefully the sound is okay we'll double check all of that and do what we can but uh here we are what 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 can we do we're working with what we've got sometimes (laughs) um so today I'm going to be talking about the concept of reflectors as judges. I was kind of planning on doing another Q&A episode. I had asked you guys, what is your biggest struggle with being a reflector? And a lot of you answered, and some of the things were pretty heavy. Some of the questions were very, very relatable to me. And many other reflectors that I've spoken with also have similar struggles. So I'm going to be doing that eventually, probably next week. We'll see. But um, I see this theme coming up uh, in the past year, really, where the there's, there's a little more talk about reflectors as judges. Um, there's a little bit more of an awareness of that role on my part. And just I've just been noticing a lot more situations come up that I feel clear and neutral enough to go in and to act as a judge. So I just I want to talk about it because I think it it can be confusing. It can be it can feel I, I think we have a lot of connotations with with the word judge and all of its derivatives. So judge, judgments, judgmental you know, we have the slang, oh, she's so judgy, or he's so judgy, or whatever. Um, and and we 
say it like it's a negative thing so often. And then we have in our court system, I'm in the United States, so you know we have the Supreme Court, we have local courts, we have everything in between. Um, and you know every country has their own form of a judicial system. So we have, there's a lot going on, right? Because some of you, where you live, you may trust your judges. You may feel that they are fair, that they're balanced. And in some places in the world, um, you may feel like the judges that have been appointed or elected um, or chosen or (laughs) however, you know, the process goes where you live are not fair and are not just and are very biased so sometimes we don't have a perfect example of what what could be I would argue that we never have a perfect example of what could be because there's never a perfect judge Um, all judges are human and all reflectors who whose role it is to be a judge are human and and it's never going to be perfect so let's, uh, let's get into it. I'm just going to start by reading a few short sentences from uh, the definitive book of human design, because I think it's interesting to read like the basics from the textbook and then to actually unpack what they mean, because you may have read all of the basic things before and you're like, yeah, 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 I've read that before. But it's really interesting, especially once you get into your experiment, to go back to the basics and to think about and reflect on and feel in your body what this is for you now. And whether you're new to human design or whether you've been experimenting for seven years or 10 or 20 or whatever, there's always this opportunity to go back and to reflect on the journey so far and what like what has this meant for you in your real life what has your experience been with these very basic foundational concepts like how have they come to life for you so uh it says in the book um at the very beginning of the book so this is like basic introduction like 101 what is human design (laughs) Uh, what are we doing here kind of information. Um, It says reflectors are the discerners. So discerner and discernment and to discern, these are some other words that are kind of interchangeable with judgment. Judgment is often used when talking about reflectors, but um, I think discernment is, is interchangeable because it's, it's, having a taste, having a sample of in a you know a, a, an environment of the transits of a person and seeing what's going on there. So the sampling process and the ability to um, to be the barometer, to take the temperature, so to speak, to measure, to evaluate uh, what is going on there and to be able to to be able to give that information back that's what reflecting is is to say hey I'm going to take a taste of this and I'm going to see what it feels like and I'm going to then be able to 
discern what is going on here and I'm going to be able to reflect that back. So it says, reflectors are designed to be the judges of humanity, to reflect back the injustices humanity inflicts on itself. It's so interesting because this isn't about this isn't about saying you're wrong for the sake of saying you're wrong. This isn't about, you know, putting someone in jail (laughs) metaphorically. This is like, hey, you're inflicting this pain on yourself. You're inflicting the suffering on yourself. And we're talking not so much to the individual, but to the collective. We're talking to, you know, the people in, in the environment, but it's not personal it's really not if it's correct okay it goes on to say their ability to clearly discern the this and that of the world is their gift so (laughs) whether or not it is received like a gift this is your gift it is your gift to to do that sampling and to judge what is there so um, I'm going to move now to the section on type, the section on reflectors. In this section, this is where we get the sort of infamous um, analogy for a reflector. A reflector is like a canary in a coal mine. So what does that actually mean? Because you hear it, you hear it, you hear it again and again and again. And it's like, well okay, like, what am I doomed to, like, (laughs) run out of oxygen first? Um, It's kind of a depressing metaphor, right? But the point is, is that the canary was brought into the coal mines with the coal miners because if the canary stopped getting enough oxygen and dropped dead, everyone would know, hey, (laughs) we got to get out of here. We have, you know however many minutes until we're also going to have a major problem. So the reflector in this sense is kind of like, you know, another analogy that I've heard is like a reflector is like a barometer. Um, I think Karen Curry Parker talks about this or or did a lot um, about how, you know, a barometer can sense changes in pressure and the pressure changes right before a big storm. So a reflector is kind of like, ooh, something is not, you know, something's changing here and they're just noticing it and they're sharing that information like, hey guys, there's a storm coming. So this also is judgment, right? It's not exactly what you would think of as judgment, but it's it's saying, hey, I can feel that something is changing, something is different here, something is moving, there's something coming, okay? It's not saying the storm is bad or the storm is good, it's just giving you that information. Uh, so there's a neutrality that's really important here when, when we're talking about uh, sharing this information and sharing a judgment. So... Uh, I'm moving on here to another part. Um, It's really interesting because here, even within the Definitive Book of Human Design, we have this kind of um, contradiction of sorts with the word judgment because it says, um, 
It is a unique aptitude which facilitates an experience of heightened awareness in terms of what they see in the other, yet in a non-judgmental way. So here we have the word judgmental being used differently, right? We have it in this kind of negative sense where it's like, well, reflectors are, they're not judging you. They're they're just like sharing this information, right? They're just sharing what they see. They're like, hey, what about this? What about that? Let's look at this this way because I think we're missing the point here. Or, um, you know, this is ironic or this doesn't necessarily make sense. Or there's something that we together are missing or not seeing that could be uh, helpful or beneficial to realizing our fullest potential in living as ourselves. So... Yeah, it's not meant to be this this thing judgmental in that sense where it's like, well, I'm putting people down or I'm attaching value judgments to what I'm offering or anything like that. It's really, uh, you know, a reflector can't come in and, you know, <laughs> put you, you know, in jail, so to speak, um, because they don't agree with your morality or something like that. It's more about just sharing like, neutrally again what they see so I thought that was interesting because it it, you know the word judgment we just use it in so many ways and it's like shows our conditioning that even in the definitive book of human design they're like a reflector is a judge but they're here to do it in a non-judgmental way (laughs) what does that even mean so yeah a bit of food for thought It goes on to say later in this section, a new natural hierarchy is beginning to emerge in which reflectors will play an exquisite role as they stand for ultimate justice. Um, Blah, blah, blah. They will fill their rightful place at the center of the type hierarchy by reflecting back into the world the not-self injustices they see humanity perpetuating on itself. They are here to prod humanity toward a cooperative, just, peaceful, and equitable global community in preparation for those born after 2027 with spirit awareness. So I'm not going to get into 2027 right now because it's a lot, but basically we are changing the cross. So the background frequency, uh, the background cross is changing. Um, Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Maybe I'll, maybe I will have a guest on to talk about that. I have a few projectors in mind who could probably talk a lot about that. <laughs> if you are curious, let me know about that. Um, anyway, but basically things are changing. The world is changing. This is nothing to be alarmed about. It just is, and there's not anything that we can do uh, to predict the very specifics and there's not anything that we can do to change anything. So let's just, uh, let's just move on from that. And if you have questions about it, let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into it in a later episode. Um, moving on, it says for reflectors to move into this position and fulfill this role, the three other types must be authentic, aware and open to the reflector's assessment or judgment. Yeah, so basically, in order for reflectors to fulfill this role, first of all, reflectors have to know who they are, they have to know how they operate, and they have to be living it in such a way that that we are not identified with 
the the homogenized world right like we understand who we are and we're living as ourselves which again like I mentioned in the beginning like it's never going to be perfect but it's all about experimenting it's all about this this openness to understanding more and more who you are over time it is a cellular transformation truly now like scientifically speaking our cells totally renew every seven years and that's why in in human design it says it takes seven years to fully decondition now I like to say kind of jokingly but kind of not (laughs) that it doesn't take seven years to decondition it takes your entire life (laughs) Um, because the process of learning and growing it it never ends it's always ongoing it it doesn't it doesn't stop after 7 years and also you know before you've reached that 7 year mark you are also able to access your wisdom and your understanding of who you are it's just the more that time goes on the more growth there is the more letting go there is of all of these things that we thought we should be all of the the mental conditioning, the body conditioning, just all of the the conditioning about everything that we that we have um and it's it is not an easy journey, okay, so again, reflectors to to be in this role is to know who you are. And to integrate the knowledge into your body. Embodying this knowledge is really important because we can fill our minds with all of this textbook stuff and we can study and study or, you know, we can know all of the right answers to a question, to questions. If we were given a test, maybe we can get them all right. But are we really living as ourselves? Like, are we really living it? Or are we looking to someone else to tell us who we are? Are we looking to, you know, even me? I I want you to let go of me as an authority for a moment right now and just look at yourself. You are your own authority. Like I am an expert on me and I happen to have studied human design a lot, but I am not an expert on you and I am not you know, I I don't want to be, I don't want anyone to put me in that role. And I don't want you to put anyone else in that role either. Because the whole point of this is that you really begin to understand who you are, and you can become your own authority. Now I know, I know the moon is your authority, or you have no inner authority, as it says on your, um, you know, depending on what what body graph software you used. But truly, your body following this lunar cycle it knows it has a deep beautiful wisdom and it it will you know when you kind of surrender to this process it will lead you where you're meant to go and sometimes it's not what you wanted it to be right it's not what your mind was like uh I want to have this and I you know I made my list and I want to have this life that makes sense to my mind it's it's not it doesn't always make sense to our minds where our bodies lead us but i kind of digress here right okay the second thing that needs to happen for reflectors to be able to live out their role is that the other types need to 
understand like what a reflector is and what we're here for and they need to be aware of themselves and they need to also be going through this process right and then they need to be open to the reflector's assessment or in other words judgment or in other words discernment so the reflector comes in offers their discernment um what can this look like in real life okay so let's just say like my okay my partner is a manifester so i'll use um him and i as an example so something that he said you may have heard our episode together if not it's it's a few episodes back you can check it out um he's the only guest i've had on the podcast so far because he happened to be in my living room at the time um in our living room i should say and he said you know sometimes a reflector manifester relationship is really um cohesive and really goes together very well because the reflector when correct shows me as a manifester what my impact is and I he had never said it that way before but when I heard that I was like wow this is a person who is really willing to be open to what I have to share and know that it's you know it's not like I'm not sitting there like taking notes about everything that he's done wrong or anything like that it's like hey, I noticed this, or hey, I noticed that, and or I'm curious about this, or um, whatever. Um, it can also look like um, my sister, she's a generator, and she sometimes, like, I'm trying to think of an example, because <laughs> there are so many, um, but sometimes she will come to me, and she will tell me this whole situation that's going on in her life, and then she wants to know my feedback on it. She wants to know what um, what I've kind of gathered from listening to her talk about her situation. And she wants what what she's asking for is my reflections, my feedback, my um, the you know this sort of impersonal wisdom that I have to offer because I'm not attached to the situation. I'm not attached to any particular outcome. She knows that when she comes to me, I'm going to tell her the truth, you know, whether or not it's what she wants to hear. I'm going to tell her the truth and I'm not going to like try to be nice or try to be gentle um, or try to like make her feel like, I don't know, not bad. Like if she's in the wrong, I will tell her and she knows that. And then also she knows that I will tell her when I think that she's absolutely, you know, that she is making sense and like the situation is convoluted or, you know, whatever the situation is. So um, those are just two examples of like people in my you know, real life world who, you know, they come to me and I really feel honored and acknowledged by, um, by those two people who are really willing to listen, um, and kind of (laughs) like 
know that it's maybe not gonna feel that good all the time to hear what I have to say. Um, and, and also in those cases, I know that I, I cannot be attached to any sort of outcome. So, you know, in, in any situation where I'm like, oh, I'm, I, hey, like, I can't give you feedback on this because I think I'm too biased. Um, and I will remove myself from, from that conversation or I'll just be honest, like, Hey, I'm going to tell you my opinion, but I'm really biased. And so I don't think you should really listen to me. (laughs) Um, so that leads to my next point, which is how does a reflector become a good judge? And I, I don't like using the word good, but what else can we do as humans with such limited language, right? So, (laughs) um, how can, how can a reflector become a, a judge that is fair and just, right? How can a reflector become a discerner that isn't like clouded over? How can a reflector share wisdom that isn't like tainted with this bias or, um, affected by, yeah, like, unresolved issues that 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 reflector has. Now, I want to say that I believe every reflector has some areas in life where they are kind of biased and they're not the best judge for that situation. Um, I think that in certain situations, like let me think. I'm I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm always going to like throw myself <laughs> in the, you know, when it's an example of uh, something that needs improvement, I'm always going to use myself as an example first, right? Um, I think that in the area of like, man, um, in certain like, aspects of relationships like romantic relationships I might be kind of biased because of my past experience um and so if a friend or you know multiple people came to me and they were like hey we have this specific situation and I'm like "Mm, this is kind of like triggering me right now and so I don't think I'm the person to offer good and clear and clean feedback for you because right now I'm just not feeling neutral. I'm not feeling detached. I'm not, I'm kind of like attached to, um, being right. Or I'm, you know, it's, it's bringing up like something that I have unresolved in my own life. Okay. So anytime that you're feeling those kinds of things, it's really important to, uh, become aware of those areas of life where you're like still a little bit triggered. Um, I have like certain family members. This is another example. I have certain family members that I have a very, very hard time being objective about that. I have a very hard time being neutral because I am still triggered by certain situations that involve those family members. So if other family members came to me and said, hey, Amanda, what do you think about this or that, that this situation that involves this family member or that family member, I would have to say, hey, 
thank you for asking me, but I'm not going to offer any feedback. I'm not going to offer any judgment about that because it's not clear because I am still working through those issues on my own. I still have a bias there and I am aware of that bias. And so I'm not going to offer my judgment here, you know, or at the very least, I'm going to tell them <laughs> that I'm, that I'm biased. Um, and that I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be the best judge of uh, the situation. So really important to be aware, really important to be aware of yourself as a reflector. What are those areas that you're not yet clear in? And you might find that there are a lot of areas that you are not able to be neutral in. And when I say I want to talk about the word neutral for a bit because I I talk about something called reflector neutrality a lot and um, there is this concept of neutrality. Um, this is another word that's, that's tough because sometimes in some cases the word neutrality has been kind of like, uh, it's equivocated with I don't care. Or, uh, I'm just going to stay out of this because it's not my business. And you, in, in staying out of it, you know, someone's getting harmed. You're not speaking up or something like that. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times in cases of racial injustice, uh, neutrality is a term that is used like, hey, if you are neutral, you if you're not speaking out, if you're not saying, hey, I see what's happening here and this is injustice and this is wrong, um, that kind of neutrality is is not what I'm talking about here. That kind of neutrality, I would say, is not it's not true neutrality because what that what that actually is is an avoidance of confrontation. Because even if you see something and you see that someone is being treated unjustly and you are not saying something, well, it's not actually because you're neutral. Typically, it's because you are avoiding confrontation or like you're people pleasing or you're like yeah you just you don't want to say anything that's that's I would I would say that's that's not neutrality that's like that's avoidance of confrontation in most cases I don't know every situation is going to be different so when I talk about reflector neutrality what I am talking about is in all of your openness, not attaching to what's passing through you. The transits are passing through you. Your environment is passing through you. The people in your environment, their energy is passing through you, their designs. These things are not yours. They are quite literally the not self. <laughs> they are not you. They are not self. And so if you're attaching to any of any of these things, if you are, let's just say you're attaching to uh, opinions. So you're attaching, you, you, you have an undefined ajna, right? But you're attaching to opinions and you feel like I have, this is my opinion and I have to hold on to it um, or something like that any of these like not self themes or the open centers that are very reflective of what's going on in your environment, perhaps, uh, this, 
takes you out of neutrality and makes you uh, an amplified version of what's going on around you in your environment, in the world, in the transits, etc. So uh, imp- it's important then to, to, to not attach to all of these things because anything that's not you, anything that's not a part of your design isn't it's not meant to be attached to it's it's not yours even if you have a transit passing through for a year or two years it's not yours right you don't have that that's still not you you're going to experience that you're going to feel that um it is going to affect your life perhaps but it is not you um and so i'm kind of i'm getting a little off track here but basically what i'm saying is Know your attachments and then let them go (laughs) in order to be neutral, in order to be a fair judge on a court case. You have to be able to take all of the evidence and look at it and not attach to like any particular kind of like personal things. Like if uh, someone came in, if, if like, I don't know, if my, if I, if I'm a judge, like a literal judge and my ex comes in, one of my, you know, someone I dated, this is, I don't know. I, I don't really have an issue with my exes, but like, let's just say for example, there's a reflector and she's the judge and she hate, you know, she's like not, she's not worked through her issues with her ex and she, takes the stand and she sees her ex there and it doesn't matter what the evidence is like she's already decided he's guilty okay that's obviously not a clear judge that's not a person who is unbiased and able to uh, navigate finding a verdict and finding uh yeah some answers for this court case (laughs) right so there's just some some examples there about what that might look like And ultimately, you guys, at the end of the day, what is reflector judgment for? It's really for seeing who's ready to step into living their living their design, living correctly. Uh it says here in in this chapter that I was reading from before, it says that uh, reflectors can become wise about the process and simply remain wide open to what is passing through them. Detecting a blip or something that is unusual or out of line around them is an aspect of their gift. With their potential to easily connect to a celestial body in an ongoing and profound way, particularly the moon, um, they can have a mystical life that most of us cannot know. So um, going back a little bit, it says that um, reflectors can taste what's really happening in a way that no other type can because of all of the openness and the unique potential of their openness is to reflect everything around them with perfect equanimity, which makes their openness an exceptional window to wisdom. Okay. So it allows their aura allows them to appraise or read transient auras. So auras that are kind of passing, just passing through, uh, without taking the frequencies too deeply. So again, this is what sampling is. This is what tasting is. And once we've sampled and tasted, we can see what's going on there. It says it is a gift that is 
that specially equips them to discern if and when a person is ready to step out and express their uniqueness rather than remain absorbed in the homogenized world of the not self. So ultimately, what is this? What is all of this for? It's for kind of seeing who's ready for that, seeing who's, you know, who's who among us <laughs> is is ready for this kind of journey. Who's ready to go on the journey? Um and it's also I think about being invited into sharing the wisdom. So I would not personally recommend going out to all of your friends and family and just started sharing your judgments without uh, being invited to share your judgments. And the reason for this is, you know, it's mechanical. It's the open throat or the undefined throat, right? It's like sometimes um, your wisdom is not going to be valued if it's not asked for. So like, I would not recommend calling your mom and telling her everything (laughs) that she ever did wrong. Um, although, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think like you're in a situation and there, it it is a time to speak up. Sometimes you are kind of like initiated by life to be in a certain time and place in order to say something like, Hey, something's not right here or something is upsetting here or Hey, maybe things could be better or different if we talked about this or you point something out or Hey, sometimes you just walk into a room and the nature of your aura is a mirror right and so sometimes people will see themselves through you and they'll be kind of like I didn't want to see that thing that is true um and if they're ready for it they will uh be able to see that hey this is a reflection of me and I have something to learn and something to gain here so guys this was, you know, it was kind of like freestyle. I just uh, wanted to talk about this. It's been coming up a lot lately. And I I hope that it's helpful. I think that there might still be some questions um, about what it means to be neutral, perhaps, um, or even what it means to judge, or maybe you have some specific situations that you want to ask about. You can always go to the link in the show notes to... Uh, send in a voice message. I can play your voice message on a future episode. Um, Or you can, you know, you can always send me a DM like, hey, this is for the podcast. And then like, attach your question afterwards. Or if you're listening on Spotify, there should be a little question box um, that allows you to ask a question there. So lots of options. If you want to communicate with me, (laughs) there are lots of ways to do so. Um, but I hope that this was a bit helpful. I hope that, um, it's helped you think, um, you know, a little differently perhaps about the word judge or judgment at the very least. Um, and helps you see kind of like, Hey, like if my role is a judge, like where am I still biased? And, and, um, I think that is a really, really important, um, inquisitive process for a reflector to go on if you are experimenting with your human design, which, well, if you're here, you probably are doing so. Thanks again for hanging out. I will see you next time. Bye, guys.
Thank you so much for hanging out with me in this episode of Reflector Life, the podcast. Please feel free to leave a review, share with a friend, or send in a voice message to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, my name is Amanda Purcell. You can find me at amandapurcell.com or at Reflector Life on Instagram. See you next time. Much love.